You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. of doom back at you with episode two of our horror icons um tonight we're going to tackle two uh my pick we're gonna do first which is my favorite which i had to do it because i just love lance henriksen so much well who doesn't i mean okay so i don't know about y'all but I you was... Had the, you had the unfortunate choice of Lance Hendrickson when we've already covered Near Dark. Yeah, I, well, see, that was one of... <laughs> oh, dude, that was pissing me so off so much today because I was like, wa- I was watching my Lance Hendrickson movies and I was like, I wish I was watching Near Dark right now. <laughs> but we did Near Dark for our female director's episode <laughs> um, and I'm really sad about it because I was just like, can't we just do Near Dark again? Can't No. Uh, no? no? <laughs> I but, didn't do Near Dark. We can, we can Maybe only, for the future. We can all encourage people to, that Near Dark is amazing and you should totally fucking see Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Everyone it's should watch it. one of the top, I would so argue, three vampire films ever yeah. made. One of the oh. definitive ones. It's, yeah. it's so good. And, and we've talked about this before, but unfortunately Lost Boys came out at the same time and it sort of you know knocked it off stole of the... Thunder. Yeah, stole its thunder. But anyway, uh, let's do our introductions because, of course, if you haven't listened to this before, then I don't know why you would. We're the one to hop but, in on, guys. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Part two. Right, uh, right. Um, patience. I'm Chris. I'm Alan. I'm Nicholas. And we're the deliberators. Doomers. Yeah, yeah we're, Doom we're not doing Doom Patrol. Deliberators of Doom. Like on Twitter, we're at Doom Deliberators, I believe. Yes. So, but we're, we can't do because we were calling ourselves Doom Patrol up until yeah, we now, which we can't do now that's because a thing. they we made don't an wanna, amazing television show out of the obscure comic. Don't want to so. ride the I DC train. Is a pretty cool term. We're the okay. deliberators, we're the and you are the Doomers. How's that? <laughs> there you go. So, um, little fun fact about Lance Henriksen. He only finished the first grade. He was illiterate until he was 30 years old. Yeah. yeah. He could, he, yeah, he, because he was kind of a problem child. And so they couldn't let him in school. He actually went to a children's home at one point. So the only grade he finished successfully was first grade. And he couldn't read up until he was 30 when he finally learned how to read. So his first acting job, he had a friend go through the whole entire script and record everybody's parts. And so he memorized his, his parts through audio. And that's how he... So he learned to read after Piranha 2. Yep. It was so bad. He was like, I got to start reading these 
I gotta, I gotta figure gotta out what's going on here. I gotta read my contracts. Maybe one of the worst horror movies I've ever seen. He's like, I, I need to start reading these contracts because this like, movie's fucking yeah. terrible. <laughs> he watched it, he's like, oh shit. Which actually, um, let's do Piranha 2, the spawning first. We have you want to start with Piranha 2? Yeah, oh, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's fucking start. Yeah, okay. because Pumpkinhead's the superior movie. Oh, I mean, <laughs> it is, but that's fate praise. And not for me. I think Pumpkinhead is... Pretty fucking good. No, but, we'll but we're talking that. about Piranha 2. Okay, so we have a Nick Sopsis. Do, 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 do. All right, so the movie starts <laughs> off. It changes every time. It yeah. does. No, but we should get a xylophone in it. I know, we need right seriously. <laughs> uh, it starts off with an overt ripoff of Jaws. Uh, two scuba diving students decide to go underwater to a wreck of a ship. To have sex with each other. Oh man, I love it because before they got it, let's just do what we came here to do. It's like, all right, <laughs> you think they're doing something important? And they no, go down they there, just go down there and to have just start baking each other. It's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. Even better than that is the fact that the dude made it a, like it's pretty clear that he can't keep it up. So they've had several comfortable situations in which to have sex based on their dialogue. And oh, it's yeah. just not working. So we're getting yeah. the boat. So apparently, like underwater, Let's, yeah, underwater in a dive without any air and because they take off their vacation, yeah. right? In an ocean, salt water. Yeah. Take off their scuba mask to make out. Like, yeah, what was breathe. that? Like, what? <laughs> just, like, what are you doing? You're run out of air. I love the opening of this movie. Honestly, it's so funny. So from that point on, the movie is uh, essentially about breasts, partially or yeah. fully uncovered breasts. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's more shots of boobs than there are piranhas or fish of any no, kind. Uh, honestly, I think one of the only appealing things about this movie is the the, the, the degree of nineteen early 1980s titties that are quite <laughs> exceptional. Yeah. There are some, some nice tits in this Really movie. exceptional yeah. choices for nude actresses in this movie. There's, there's one scene, uh, so the... <laughs> the the bandits, right? Like the female bandits, the pirates. Oh yeah, yeah. They've got and so I watched the director's cut, I believe. I don't know if it's the same as the other one, but uh there's a whole ten minute conversation between the two of them that has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever, but they're topless the whole time while they're talking. I, I have in my notes here the titty boat's here. <laughs> and the boat just rolls up and there's just two girls with the titties out and they're talking. It's like, what is this? this is the titty boat. They're just here. like, um, we need food. We're out of food and we're out of money and we're out of booze and they're just like nonchalantly, like, you know, just titties. Titties out. If I had if I had titties that looked like that, I would probably go everywhere like that. <laughs> I'd just be like, God damn. Okay, so can we backtrack a little bit? So, okay, this was not really, but kind of, sort of directed by James Cameron. It was. It was co-directed by James Cameron. His other director, who took his name off the film, or was the, the Italian uh, the producer Ovidio G. Asinitis. Asinitis, exactly. <laughs> I'm wondering if he took his name off because the movie was garbage or because his last name was. Uh, Asinitis. Okay, so- what I've what I've read about it is James Cameron first feature got to kind of take it away from him where he was shooting, but he couldn't see any of the dailies or make any edits. And the producer like kind of got the directing credit that way. Like he was super, or the producer was super like an asshole about it on set, demanding things, not letting James Cameron see the dailies, not letting him work with the edits, not really directing the film. James Cameron was, he was essentially operating as a 
cameraman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, according yeah. to Cameron, he said, I was only on set for actually two and two a half weeks. Two weeks. And wow. then he sat and at then home. And was removed. Yeah, he Perfect. was removed, quote, unquote. So he also guy, co-wrote it, am I right? Uh, yes, he was involved in the script, but it's unclear how much of that actually made it. I mean, James Cameron's he, very clear underwater boner is hard here. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> James Cameron oh, loves underwater. There's, there's some clear throwbacks to future movies that he does that we'll talk about. Well, I mean, the Piranha 2, it's called Piranha 2, The Spawning, they're flying fish and he ended up using the same special effects technology because he he this is Corman films being involved yeah. in this and he was uh like a, his start with them was as a special effects designer and FX creator and he used the same thing he did to create the flying fish that he did for the face huggers jumping through the yeah. air. I mean, at one point, there's a dead body with a piranha that comes out of it, and it looks exactly yeah. like that yes. scene in Aliens. It looks just like it. Yeah. yeah. You're, like, you're, uh, you're just like, wait, what? Oh, it's James Cameron. Yeah. See, and that's the thing, is he says that he only worked on this film for like two weeks, and then he was at home you know, like well, no, while he, he was getting wrecked, yeah, and then but everyone else is like, no, he was there the whole time. He was actively involved in the movie. Oh, so who knows? But we haven't fi- finished the oh, Nixopsis. Oh, no. sorry. I mean, from this point on, it really isn't that important. We but mentioned we'll, fish and titties. It's just titties, yeah. fish and titties. <laughs> what we do have is uh, great name for a seafood restaurant. The scuba diver, <laughs> scuba diving instructor, and and Steve, her estranged husband. That's uh, Lance Henriksen in this one. And Tyler and Suter, also a secret agent, apparently, yeah. yeah, all have a little love triangle, and it's trying to shut down all the water activities because, you know, people are being eaten by piranhas. And it's a jaw storyline. It's exactly yeah, a jaw storyline. Exactly. In fact, I even put in here, like, whatever the guy is that says, puts a kibosh on it, he's essentially the mayor from yeah. Jaws, you know? Yeah. And he's like, nope, we can't do it, we can't shut it down. It's and summer season! Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he keeps undying. And then, yeah, we get uh, Topless Sea Bandits. We get a father and son dynamite fisherman tour. Yeah. <laughs> and that's an odd thing that's like, why is this here? Because we needed more victims? I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and son gets lucky with his captain's daughter. And then they get lost and then they get found. There's a helicopter crash at some point. <laughs> yeah. One of the most awkward waterfalls. <laughs> it's so what happened with that helicopter crash? You can crash, see the, the wires. He had to get out of there. <laughs> I was just like, wait, what happened? Did I blink? Okay, Why so did the, the helicopter crash? The son crash? who has grown up on boats his whole entire life can't, can't drive yeah. this very simple <laughs> boat. So the dad, Lance Hendrickson, has to crash the helicopter so that he can rescue... The son and his girlfriend. I kind of loved it, but yeah. it just so he's been looking for his son for like all night, right? And it just so happens that he's right where his wife is, on like right, uh, right near, it, yeah. yeah, right near the dive where uh, they're blowing. Uh, no, I mean, it's hard it was to just say this so maybe as a plot because it's it doesn't so really. It's plot. just like a handful of scenes strung together. Well, here, yeah, <laughs> because of that, I'm gonna go through some of my notes. Do that it. I kind of the guys we got through here. So the opening of this movie, when that kid is waking up his mom, and it's it very, seems like, like a pasta, lover waking right? up his lover, because she's like naked under a sheet, and he's, and like he's very close. And so in my notes, I just fish. have this, I just have, you know, he comes <laughs> yeah. into bed with a live fish, and is like tickling his naked mom. So in my notes, when I found out it's his mom, I just, in all caps, that's his mom? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't, what is happening? And then my very, very next note is... 
this kid definitely wants to bang his mom. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so weird the way they're playing it. It doesn't stop there either. There's a handful more scenes where it's incredibly flirtatious and really like uncomfortable between the kid and his mom. You're not wrong. It's yeah. a lot of uncomfortableness throughout <laughs> this whole movie. And there's just so much random points where there's like there's like the nerd that meets the other nerd and then they kind of cut scene to them oh. every once in a while and you're just like, "Why?" Is oh, the girl this? who's fishing for a yes. doctor husband, but he's a dentist. Oh, fishing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Get it? Fishing. Well, the weird thing like instead of the jaws music, it dun it's the the piranha spawning sound yeah, effect yeah. thing that they use just like the Jaws music, the John Williams score uh, effect. Like they try to like substitute it in to the point where it's just blindingly obvious what's happening, <laughs> but it's not music. It's just the spawning like sound. I guess I, I don't know what spawning. Well, is I mean, I guess like I mean the movie's called the Spawning, right? So right. we're thinking a lot of sexuality. I mean, well, yeah. see, the <laughs> there is a lot of sex in this. No, movie. there's a lot of sexual harassment in yeah, this movie, both by men and women. Like there's an older lady who just will not stop. He, she like grabs his. She's coming after like a guy who like works at the resort and she's like will not take his, her for an like, his junk. His junk and, and you're she just winds up showing up at his apartment or room or whatever. His room and with like a bottle of champagne and, and his oysters. Friend. shut down because he's got a hot chicken in the room. You know they're an aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, I guess I'll go kill myself. It's <laughs> a weird. It's a weird thing a that serves weird decisions. no purpose. Exactly. In the story, in the sto- I say story. There's no story. <laughs> like there really isn't no. a story here. There's piranha and they can fly. I mean, well, it's which a- isn't relevant till way late in the film. Really. Only with wires that are visibly <laughs> apparent. I mean, and it's like a classic like Corman thing. It is. You know? And you almost wish like man. If he would have like if James if they were would have trusted James Cameron to just like go nuts with this thing, how much better it been may cool. have been? Or like because James Cameron's clearly talented, he's good with spectacle. Even on a, like Terminator is like a relatively low budget movie, which is not long after this thing. Which actually I read during the press for this, or maybe during the production of it, when he had like a fever, he had a nightmare of like a robotic creature in they the said, kitchen with kitchen knives crawling along, yeah. which sparked the idea. Oh, that's Terminator amazing! With. That's awesome. So if anything. We got Terminator. Us, yeah. us that. He had it a also, stress dream from this horrible yeah. <laughs> It also gave movie. us him teaming up with Lance Hendrickson, which uh, also coordinates the near dark with his wife at the time, exactly. Captain Bigelow, and Aliens. And Bishop, so, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that comes out of this movie that's great. Within this movie, he has some pretty dumb gore shit, a lot of titties. You have Lance Hendrickson, who I read, he his uniform for a cop, they just wanted him to wear his own clothes, like plain clothes cop. He's like, you can't be a plain clothes cop on it. So he paid a waiter for his uniform. He did. And then, <laughs> paid 75 bucks. And then put a badge on it. And it, it looks like it because it looks like he's wearing it. Wasn't even a real badge. It looks like, like the shabbiest thing. He had like, he found some stuff locally at this resort that were like whale icon pins yeah. and he kind of sub- put them together to look <laughs> like a badge. Like, yep. and, and his epaulettes, they're like, none of it is real. Apparently, like, also nearly shit. broke his legs doing that helicopter stunt. Yeah. Whatever he jumped out of there for that. Well, him and Cameron both almost died. Oh, and he was shooting. Stunt. Cameron yeah. was operating the camera, and they Whoa. nearly died. This yeah. is a true like. And he lost like a Cameron dropped the camera in the water. And oh lost, yes. Like, so, like I guess at that point they said it was like a twenty five thousand dollars. No camera. shit. I didn't know any of that. Dropped it in the water. We're talking like what true happened? gorilla filming. There was like the stunt with the explosion and uh-huh. the jumping like. 
It wasn't like, oh, let's get the sub-coordinators and the wires. It's like, all right, let's shoot this thing. It's like, oh, we got $100 like, for today. Let's yeah. make this happen. Oh, and his gun and his holster <laughs> oh, yeah. was made of wood. He carved it himself. <laughs> because Jesus. they were like, you don't actually need a gun. As long as they see the holster, they'll assume oh, that, my like, gosh. you're a cop. And he's like, that's fucking insane. So he whittled a gun. <laughs> Which, okay. Lance Hendrickson to put in the holster. Which, who had just barely learned how to read, y'all. <laughs> well, that's why he knows how to whittle. <laughs> he had lots of whittling time. It's funny because, like, you see that, like, um, Lance Henderson's a good actor in this movie. Because he's the he's only one terrible. where everything he says has, like, some gravitas. And, like, uh, it's like, oh, man, he's, like, a person in this thing where the kid... Whatever he's doing is making us feel like he wants to bang his mom, which is not the thing I think they wanted to come through. The The mom is okay in it. She's not the worst thing ever. The I have in my notes, the water spy is a bad actor. The yeah, I, at one point he's just sitting in the darkened room with a cigarette. He's just smoking. He's like, I'm going to blow myself up. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to blow up it's the... So yeah, it's wanna, just so weird. I'm going to throw uh, special points to actress Leslie Graves, who played the young kid's, uh, uh, Lance Hendrickson's girlfriend. Because not only his boy, it, his his son's his girlfriend, sons. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Son's girlfriend, uh, who not only and her titties has the best titties in the entire eighties. I think right here, you're just like <laughs> was God, she of age? I feel you got this like Tracy Lord's titties thing going on yeah. here, but like it's just beautiful. She's just beautiful. she was gorgeous, and like, I'm she's like one of those like you're 18. iconic. And she ended up dying of a heroin overdose, oh, unfortunately in right. real life. Well, uh, she had she dealt with extreme grief over her parents' death and like and ended up getting in the drugs and died from it. But she was actually kind of one of those people we were like, wow, she feels like she's one of those people that, despite the fact that she's not a notable actress, she's striking. Oh yeah, and she you're has like, a very, oh, your face immediately. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, was like, I, I immediately I was like, what have I seen her in? Her face looks so and like I didn't right. see anything. She's beautiful, but she's just like looks like a movie star. Yeah, yeah. she is in one of the most awkward. Make out. Oh my weird god! Sex I, ever, like, with that I waterfall, it's yeah. just like beating them to death, and they're <laughs> like, trying to they're make out under it. Out under <laughs> waterfall, and like literally, I'm pretty sure they would have both drowned. Yeah, that's, that's two scenes in the same movie away, in where just people physically, are. Yeah. You should not be able to make out. This you situation. should not There's be making out in water. Why are you guys okay, wanting to make out underwater? Listen, <laughs> have you ever had try? Have you ever tried to have sex in a pool? It does not yeah. work. It's hard. It, very it sucks. Yeah. It's the, not good. It's, it's the worst. That's why or I, on the beach? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's sand. just, yeah. Yeah, water's you hard enough. Let's add sand to the It's like, you know, Phantom Menace. There's just sand everywhere. <laughs> it's yeah. so sandy. It's clearly, this, it's so this movie is written all by virgins. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what's fucking hot? James like, Cameron underwater, Being under the waterfall and everyone, like all the production crew guys are on set be like, hanging out like, like because <laughs> chicks totally hang out on their yacht with their tops off. That's the well, that actually yeah. might be true. No, it's not well, true. My girlfriend, with um, a lot of her girlfriends went on this show no. bees and they were on a boat and they were just like out there and they were like titties out on all right, sure. So here's the thing about that's the true. topless scene on the yacht because I'm assuming right, like, all right, they're tanning. Maybe that's the aesthetic yeah, reason they're right, You were there with your girlfriend. Not. Except not to put too fine a point on it, but the one girl obviously has never tanned without yeah, her, her t- top on yeah. ever before. Yeah, her you titties know? were white. <laughs> this would be the first time she's Actually, ever done it, and she would probably now. get a sunburn. Yeah, titties were white. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good... Th- you never see tan lines in anything now. <laughs> yeah. Is that so like, it's oh, true. Tans. Yeah. 
Uh, the, that's our that's our big points well, for this movie. Uh, I give it our points are about titties. Well, this movie, this titty movie's titty about movie. the thematic titty thing of this movie is. Titties. It should have been called Piranha Two: The Tittying. <laughs> should have. Should be. There's like so much here going on that is like unremarkable, but I will say when it gets towards the very end. And, like, they're like, we're having a party on the beach with this, <laughs> I so don't stupid. know what, I guess Jamaican, I'm not sure, <laughs> like, band playing? Like, oh, we play the drums to summon the fish to the shore, and then all the people in the resort come out, and then the fish just come out en masse. It and was I'm called like, a spawning. Uh, a spawning, thank you, <laughs> patience. But it was supposed uh, to be a different fish. Yes, indeed. And uh, that scene is pretty entertaining. I thought that it's was nowhere, the worst part. It's nowhere... I will say that some of the gore sequences are decently done. Definitely here. practical effects. There's some when they get to the when they go to the practical effects of the things like I mean the fish look re- fucking Stupid. ridiculous. But I like when them they're, when like, they're eating people's faces. Somebody's and stuff. running the wires, their wings flapping as they're like at somebody's throat or whatever. But when they like show the results and there's That's- like somebody's throat is torn out and blood is just spraying everywhere, I was like, that looks kind of amazing. Yeah. That's one of the things I think. Yeah. So like the. The bodies left behind. That's actually some really that good. That was really good. That's really good artwork. Mm-hmm. The fish themselves are are insanely are, bad. Insanely bad. And also, like, I know this is a stupid movie, and so it's a stupid nit to pick. But if you get a flying piranha flying at your throat, and you're actively pushing it away, and it's got no way to hold on to you, how does it keep chewing at your throat? <laughs> like, yeah, it's just slapping it the doesn't fish have claws sky. or anything. <laughs> I mean, it does. Like, you could just, like, take it by the ring and just slam it on the fucking floor a little bit. And you're... Well, should we get a pumpkin head? Well, I want to say Joe Dante directed the first film, which I think is eminently very watchable. I love Joe Dante, watchable. too. Like, the first movie is actually pretty fucking entertaining. I just want to give um, a shout-out real quick to one of our listeners. Um... Jim? Is it Jim? And she's getting her husband. I like it. Shot Lewis. Like, shot Lewis. What, 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 who was it? I know you keep track of everything I do. Oh, yeah. uh, or I'm thinking. John. His name is John. Um, I want to give a, a shout out to him because he actually worked on, uh, as, a, as a special effects guy, he was hired to play a lifeguard in the first prana, which was filmed here. In in Travis, yeah, exactly. And he was actually hired to play a lifeguard, but he ended up doing all the special effects. And he said that they had like little uh, puppets playing the little feet in the water. And he was like, it was grueling because it was a thousand degrees outside, and they're like doing these little puppets in the water for underwater scenes with Joe Dante. And then he's like, I just quit and started doing their catering. (laughs) When you watch the first movie, you're like, this is unquestionably a parody of Jaws. It's a horror comedy straight up. It's so absurd. There's no mistaking it for anything but that. The second one feels like a movie that is only us... Like, like, kind of on the side being a comedy. It's as much a comedy as it is a horror film. But I it's think like, it uh, takes itself too seriously. Yeah. If it would have taken itself a little bit it's less seriously, funny. it would have been yeah. good. When is this movie funny? No, yeah, not when the yeah. kid wants to bang his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you obsessed with that, thing. Alan? Let's it's just talk so about weird. this I, off air. It, it's, it definitely it's like blew my mind when I was watching it. Well, you know, dude, I was sure that this was like a couple who just banged. And then when it was like, mom, I was like, 
what? <laughs> yep. Same. Oh my God. For the record, James Cameron has referred to this film as, and this is an exact quote, the flying, the finest flying killer fish horror comedy ever made. <laughs> yeah. Which is to say the only, the only one. The only one, exactly. <laughs> was his point. Um, so kill this before you move on. I got... I'm it's, guessing it's tough because on the beach scene, the party they, goers. Yeah. I counted seven. Okay, um, for sure, confirmed kills. So total seventeen, oh. which is like a fair amount. Yeah. You got the horny divers. You got the titty boat that There's dies. So many that die in the, the final nurse. Thing. You got the water spy that dies at the end. The 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 little kid that loses his watch, and then the dad. Oh, he yeah. loses his watch, yes. But he gets it again, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, not before he gets eaten. Well, no, no, after he gets eaten. No, he gets the watch back and then he gets eaten. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that would make more yeah. sense than getting it. And then the party goers. Yeah, I have like And then the, the, it, the, the spy. I have the dynamite father and the water spy. Oh, yeah. And I put that in my synopsis that the spy died because obviously, like, we can't solve this love triangle if he doesn't die. Specifically right. sacrificing then himself, and now we can pave the way for Lance Henriksen. <laughs> yeah. Who was uh, amazing in this, by the way. This movie's terrible, and you should never, ever watch it. Yeah, it's my final I disagree. I think that it wasn't that as bad as you're making out to be. It's really bad. Man. I, 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 it's Piranha 2 oh, or Hereditary? When I was, oh, Piranha 2. Oh, oh, man. Patience. Historically bad taste. <laughs> Uh, when I finished watching this, I told uh, uh, Courtney, I was like, this may be in the top five worst horror films I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, it was so bad, I could oh. barely get through it. No way. If it wasn't, that if they took all the titties out of this, it would be completely unwatchable. <laughs> okay, I'll that's, give you that. I mean, the titties did help. To be fair, like, I don't think titties are really like a... A thing not for movies, you know, like thing. that's not yeah. why I'm watching stuff. But yeah, if yeah. you don't have that, there's nothing here. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, just the novelty of watching this type of old movie where it's just shamelessly having tits on screen was kind of fun. It's like, oh man, yeah. this movie is literally just to get boobies on screen. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and <laughs> shameless the, about the it. The 13 year old in me, like, is fucking loving it. Like, I, 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 I if this can, had been on HBO, it'd be like such a fine. It'd be like, oh, shit, Piranha Two's on again. Our beta copy of it would have had tracking lines. It feels like awesome. Maybe feel like a young, <laughs> young, horny teen. <laughs> like, dude, like, unlike, you know, it, not yeah. unlike Porky's or, you know, those <laughs> yeah. kinds of movies. It's, it's yeah. totally that but when, when Patience picked Lance Hendrickson, I'm coming back to this again, you I was like, what your... are you doing? <laughs> we did Near Dark. Him. We're because... saving aliens for, like, a future yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, because and, I loved Millennium, And that's then why. you're like, but Pumpkinhead is so great, which, by the way, I'm going to just start off our review of Pumpkinhead saying, I don't agree. You I like love Pumpkinhead. Pumpkin I think Pumpkinhead is a pumpkin to- head is terrific a monster, and everything else about it is just okay to well, me. Well, let's, let's get that synopsis When we look through the list, when this is a, why we start with Piranha 2 The Spawning, because we looked through the list of all the other Lance Hendrickson horror films other than Near Dark, and it's nothing, and he's in a lot of them, but they're nothing but like bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I would argue no, Man's no, Best no. Friend might have been better. And I was thinking, well, I actually I enjoyed I Stung, it. but I, nobody ever has seen I don't Stung. Know, yeah, it's on that. Netflix. It's not bad. Is that like, like it's Sing newer. on Tour? No. <laughs> <laughs> you've been it's stung. actually not a bad <laughs> Sting has sung and you've been stung. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so we're going to talk about Pumpkinhead, I which pushed, is what people in West Virginia for do one. for Halloween. But... <laughs> 
I felt like so, okay, so him. I really yeah. feel like this one is really kind of terrible derogatory towards Appalachian people. I uh, felt like it was I don't, you're, this you're not worried about the misogyny of the I know, last but movie? I hadn't seen it for like thirty years. But here's the thing, I don't give a shit. Like, I, I loved it, kind of. Okay, well, like, okay yeah. let's get our synopsis. Yeah. I love Justified, and that's really shitty towards Appalachian people, yeah. so fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen to our podcast anyway. <laughs> they don't have electricity. This is literally how you get Pumpkinhead sent to you. Yes, this is what you're going to do it. <laughs> Seriously. All right, so our main guy is Ed Harley's played by Lance Henriksen later, but as a child... He sees his father cold-heartedly turn away someone in desperate need of help. And in this scene, we find out we actually get our first glimpse of Pumpkinhead. And we realize that's what the guy's fleeing. He's fleeing the monster, Pumpkinhead. Uh, We fast forward. Ed is now a widower and a redneck, and he's the father of a precocious child. And when his child's run over by some... No, ne'er-do-well out-of-towners. City folk. City folk, exactly. He seeks out help from the local witch, and she cannot bring his child back to life, but she can help him with revenge, with the curse of the pumpkin head. So then we get a sort of Tendlinian-style picking off one person after yeah, another person. Sending the kids out. And the catch here is that uh, Ed Harley is cursing himself with each kill the pumpkin head. Yeah. You come to find out he is like connected to the monster. Well, yeah, he can see the see the kills through Pumpkinhead's eyes, and then the big reveal is that he the Pumpkinhead is, is taking on his face. Yeah, yeah, I, which is something I never noticed until this oh. time watching it. I actually didn't notice movie, that until you guys just As the movie evolves, like, yeah. Pumpkinhead's features kind of change, and at the his very end, he looks a little more like Lance Henriksen. Yeah, and, I was like, and which so... Lance Henriksen already kind of looks like a monster of sorts. <laughs> he has a very distinct feature. Okay, listen. So, uh, when he made this movie he's 38 and that is like that is the hottest dad bod i've ever seen in my oh, life like i, I have it in my notes that he has a super body super, or super superman uh, superhero like, body okay like so red. from the neck down he is like smoking I mean, i'll go neck up i think he's handsome in that very distinct looking way he does, he's like know? a very unique rugged handsome man in this movie you know <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what we all aspire to look like when we're 60 or 75 right yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm falling behind. <laughs> uh, and this was directed by Stan Winston, who is mostly a special effects director. He did special oh, effects for... All but entirely. Yeah, like Terminator, famous yeah. for Terminator. He did The Wiz with Michael Jackson. He was actually really good friends with Michael he, Jackson. He's a legendary Ooh, wow. uh, uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Aliens, yeah, Predator. I mean, all the best practical yeah. special this was, effects And this was his directorial debut. He won four Academy Awards for special effects. He's that good. And this was the only, well, uh, he only did like six films. This was probably the most notable, the well, rest no, no. of them. He did only two feature films. Oh, okay. He did a bunch of shorts. One of which was videos. T2 3D Battle Across Time, uh, if you yeah. ever went to Universal Studios. Tight. And saw that. But the other one, right, this killed me watching this. All right, I had to write this down. So, it, in 1990, he made a film called A Gnome Named Norm. Oh, jeez. About an LAPD officer who partners with a talking gnome to bring down a crime ring with Anthony Michael Hall, oh, Jerry Orbach, Robert Zadar. Jerry Orbach from you know Robert Zadar is, who, no. pl- who played uh, 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 in, oh my God, the movies with with the evil cop with Bruce Campbell. 
uh, Maniac Cop. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was the Maniac Cop. And Claudia Christian from Babylon 5. Jeez. Uh, like, I can't imagine. I kind of want to track this I movie can't wait down and watch movie. this. I'm it's- like, holy shit, where did I get a gnome named Norm? <laughs> holy fuck. And then he did like a Guns N' Roses video. Yeah. The, yeah. For the Terminator 2, right? Yeah, but Winston is a legend, or was a legend, I guess. I think he's dead. Also, now, like, right? the nicest person in the world, it seems like. And behind the scenes yeah. stuff, like, he just seems super funny, charming. I've never like, heard humble. of an effects guy who wasn't, like, beloved by well, everyone. Like, I've met several of them. I've met Savini, I've met Nicotero, and they're both, like, so fucking, like, guileless and sweet. <laughs> and everybody's always said Winston is sweet, and everyone always said Rob Botton is sweet. And I'm like, I feel like that comes with the. Th- Territory of yeah. like spending hours working with molds and clay and shit. You know? and speaking of molds and clay and shit, and like <laughs> effects, like I think there's one thing, regardless of what we think about this movie, different opinions, the creature design and execution is, is incredible. I like, agree yeah. with you 100%. And the monster in action is even cool. Like, it's, I can't, with the budget this movie has and the time, the way the monster moves and interact, interacts with people and is picking them up and the way the hands, like, it looks scary. And, like, the whole, um, like, what's the Uncanny Valley thing that happens with special effects, especially yeah. with this, it only works to the, like, awkwardness of this thing makes it more scary. Like, it, it doesn't really move like a natural creature, but no. it doesn't, it looks tangible and, like, it can hurt you, which is, it, it's just so fucking It's scary. a really it goes cool a and, Yeah, monster. and that final face-off, I mean, you're, like, at the beginning, you don't really understand the, the, the size of the creature, but in that final standoff, you're like, holy shit, it's like eight feet tall. It's huge. When you see it fully in its final form and with its Lance Henriksen face, you're like, fuck. Oh, that moment where it like goes into the Lance Hendrickson face, I'm like, this is seriously fucking creeping me out right here. It's cool. It doesn't totally work, but I, the idea of you seeing a monster and it has your face on it, yeah, I actually <laughs> so love it. I'm going to actually buck the consensus here. Oh, I've, I've got some problems with the monster. Oh, okay. I, I have problems with the film, just not with the monster. You no, know, I've got problems with the monster. I've got problems with the film, too, but not as many. Problems with the monster. So Stan Winston's work is obviously, it's always, his craftsmanship is impeccable. His, yeah. his puppeteering or whatever it is that you call it, or animatronics, is, is really great. He's one of the best there ever was. Absolutely. I really admire the guy. But this one, so... I'm thinking of Pumpkinhead versus maybe, like, the Alien Queen or the T-100 Skeleton or something, where they're they're thin and spindly and slow, but unstoppable and strong. And this one seemed thin and spindly and slow, but did not seem strong. It didn't play that. It felt like a puppet to me. And the second problem I had with it is, as we got closer to the Lance Hendrickson's face, there's a lot of shots of, like... The monster, like, smiling and doing stuff. And these are really cool, technically really good stuff. But it also serves as a reminder that you're looking at a puppet, you know? And I and I feel like it's probably a, more a problem in his direction than it is in the craftsmanship. That makes sense. Maybe he loves the creature too much. Because, exactly. like, it is one of the rare things where they, in the opening scene, they don't show it fully, but they, you do get a decent look at the creature. Which is usually the MO for these movies of this era. Which is weird early is you don't on, see yeah. it until later, but in the opening scene, you get a look at it. And I think it's because he's in love with it. Winston's so like, exactly. this is my, I spent all this time That's on my baby. This. We're but, doing it my way. Yeah. It's yeah. funny with, like, looking at it now, like, looking back on it, like, you're not, I'm not really watching it as, like, a full-on film. Like, I'm watching it as a huge horror fan who loves creature effects. 
So I'm almost on his side. Like, I get that it might not benefit the movie itself, but it benefits me personally because I was like, <laughs> that thing is really cool looking. I love to look at it. So it kind of works for me on that level. But I get if you're... The, it kind of does take away from the effect and this other scariness of it when I, you get to see it so much. I hate the fact that like they spend so much time on the monster and then most of the kills are... Not that interesting. Yeah, they're pretty they're, mediocre. And, yeah. uh, like, and like, this is a guy who could make a great kill for this, and it's a great creature for it. I, and most of the kills are just kind of like... They're all the same. They're I, all like him Ellen. grabbing <laughs> into the trees well. <laughs> and then crushing them or like dropping them or like crushing them and yeah. then shoving them through windows. I mean there it really wasn't that inventive. And see and mm. Alan I'm, just I'm... just calm down a little bit. He's he's he is like at the he's chomping at the bit right now. Now I was like, fuck there, you I love these kids. I know. The reason why I, I chose this film was because I when this film came out I fucking loved this movie. And I hadn't seen it in the 30 years since it came out. And I watched it again literally this morning. And uh, I gotta stop saying literally. But that is, I snap. It's fine if that's but, the truth. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> and you I just... Literally this morning. slow, then that's not okay. But literally, I watched it this morning. I literally did, watched it this then morning. Then that's okay. And <laughs> I just, I was like, oh, it's not nearly as good as I thought it was. And I don't think it's because it's aged or anything like that. I think it's just because horror films have come so far since the 80s that, and I think we're going to say the same thing when we get to our Barbara Crampton movies. Like, horror movies have just pushed... This is just the same old formula. Kids fuck up, they get killed, and then, you know, they have to pay. Okay, you know, so it's, I'm it's just two-tier here. Okay, um, go for it. One, for Let's... the kills, I almost appreciated the lack of wild kills that happened in that. Because one, I think it's really effective when Pumpkinhead kills that one girl and then holds her head up to the window and, like, smushes it against it. And it's like, this is, like, fucked up. It's not, like, a super gory thing, but, like, that is a weird thing. And then this kind of gives her back. He, like, pushes her through the window and is like, take your church freak back. I think that was the church girl. <laughs> so, like, and, like, so that's, like, and, and then the other, like, the big scenes that stand out is when he just drags that other person up to the top of the tree and just throws him off. I was like, this is, like, kind of a wild, like, you don't. It's not a normal horror kill. It's not a jump scare. It's not a huge gore shot. It's just, like, kind of terrifying. What if a monster dragged you up to the tallest tree in the forest and just threw you off of it? I think that's a kind of a cool idea. And also, when he stabs the guy with the gun and lifts him in the air with it, I think that also looks cool. That's that, the best cool one. It's, it's, it's definitely the coolest one, but I kind of like if the creature is super badass stuff. I like the reserved nature of it. The kills, like, it didn't bother me. I wasn't, like, searching for gore, which kind of... I was... Yeah, but like <laughs> it's an '80s fucking Stan Winston master of the shit movie. I want it to be more interesting than just the monster who looks cool and a bunch of really terribly drawn character-wise teenagers who all die in relatively boring, not interesting ways. A lot and of most the- of them off camera. Yeah, a lot of them off camera. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I really liked it when you picked that guy up on the motorcycle and threw him, too. I just, that I just, was cool, but he of, lived. I, just, I sort of liked the... I liked the blunt instrument of the kills. Like, it's not like a super bloody, gushy thing, which is... I love that shit, obviously, but for some reason in this movie, it kind of worked for me. And I, another thing for the quality of this film I want to say, I really like 
Lance's performance. I love he's great. Yeah, he's yeah. great. I love the idea of like him being like this is the thing you don't see often in movies like this. He's he's your main character for sure. He's the cause of the problem and also the solution to it. And you're yeah. getting to see like I was it, gonna say the same thing. I and love it explores the like the grief idea and the revenge I love and what the it means. idea that he was at that point of grief, his son got killed, even though it was one of those things where like at first you're maybe like, you shouldn't have come left on, him there. It wasn't really those guys' fault, but then immediately the main teenager is like a total sociopath. Oh, I have it written in, written in my right. thing here. <laughs> All time Hall of Fame. Did you say Roten? Roten. Roten. It has been wrote in my notepad. <laughs> but he is an all-time, like, Hall of Fame sociopath. He's like, it's not like you're normal, like, oh, I'm drinking, I'm not paying attention, oh, whoops, oh, what I do? He's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, I'm locking you in this closet, yeah. I'm knocking I my know. friend out with a yeah. lock, but then, he, you then, but then he has his redemption moment, you're just with like, really? One Come on. sentence from his brother, right? Like, so he's, he's a full-on kidnapper at this point, and like, Keeping everyone a murderer and, and a murderer a, yeah. and a kidnapper and yeah and then his brother says one thing I don't remember what the line is he was like I'll down. take the rap but it was like a single line he's like yeah dude you're right and it's like what the fuck like how could you be this insane and yeah but he's killed right after that so it's fine <laughs> yeah that's but fine the, the idea that's at the core of this thing that this guy out of vengeance calls up this thing and, it's and a really then regrets idea. it. And is the only one who can stop it because it is a mirror of his own existence. The only thing that can stop it is him sacrificing himself. Is such a solid fucking idea. It's a shame that so much of this movie doesn't work. Yes, yeah. I go despite the fact that there has been a direct-to-video sequel, two television film sequels, a, a comic video book. game. Two comic books. <laughs> it's because uh, the iconic look of the creature, I think. The iconic is. look of the creature. I'm like, they, they, there was talk in 2017 of a remake, but I'm like, I like the core idea of this film a lot. Yeah, I totally yeah, agree. But I think the film itself is kind of shitty. Well, yeah. I mean, in 1988, this film was fucking amazing. I'm just, I mean... I, I, I think it is still very 14 good. 14-year-old me was blown away by how great this film was, because you have to remember, like, in 1988, we didn't have a lot to look forward to. We had shitty films like Black Roses. No one ever remembers that movie, don't, don't worry. That's a weird poem. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, just totally aging myself. But I did have a couple of problems with this movie on the rewatch this morning because I was like, okay, first of all, why would you leave your kid in the first place? It's the country. Yeah, that actually yeah, kind of that's makes actually sense. Actually I think a little he bit. probably leaves that kid alone all the time. I grew up in the country and it but was like, But when you know that there's city folk, quote unquote, out, just, We didn't hey. really like segregate that way. And even then they were like, No, well, he was like, like, oh, they were killed by, he was killed by city folk. Yeah, he literally fact, said that. But at the time when no, they Patience, showed up, he's like, well, I'm not going to be some Patience sort of, makes like, a good point here because he was already suspicious of the city folk. Yeah, he was. So for him to have left his kid with them there, that actually doesn't really add. I mean, to me, it, it doesn't add up knowing what happened, but the idea that these two are going to kill his okay. kid. But on. then also, now this is, uh, I hate to be pedantic, but this is what really bothered me about this movie. How were they traipsing through the forest without any fucking flashlights, y'all? Like, seriously, they are running through the forest for hours. Nobody, and they're just, like, got guns. And Okay, so the Appalachian boy shows up, and he's like, 
he has a flashlight, but then, then they don't end up using it. They're still just traipsing through the forest. <laughs> it's a full moon. It's no, no. There's full moon there in the wasn't doesn't work. There wasn't any ambient light or any like who goes chasing after a monster without a fucking flashlight. I'm sorry, I have one well, in my purse right now. now. So. Mm-hmm. No, I have an actual <laughs> flashlight in my purse. Well, technically, if you're doing that, you're not supposed to use a flashlight. Because if you're using a flashlight, people can spot you very yeah, easily. Yeah, I don't so. know. You also can't. Those <laughs> monsters. Wow. God, the master, yeah, the master tracker is a pumpkin head. <laughs> By the way, we're, doing, we're, we're putting together a video uh, like for next weekend where we're going out to Scream Hollow Woo! Summer event. Uh, and they sent me a message going, this by the way, if you want to film stuff in the actual haunts, you should bring a night vision camera. I'm like, who's got a night vision <laughs> right? camera that I know? And this is actually I mean, probably going to... you do? A little, like a, like a, one of the chintzy ones that does an well, bring uh, it. infrared bring it. light and you can... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we can man. watch patients getting scared out of all <laughs> Seriously, you guys, this is not Alan funny. We can watch getting scared out of his mind. <laughs> this Alan, is not And funny. I can hide behind the camera and not get as scared. Alan privately <laughs> revealed to me, which of course is is in my one. I'm revealing on Mike now. I'm really scared by haunted houses. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I know I said I never really fucked with haunted houses. I think I'm gonna be pretty scared in there. Yeah. Because I've never really fucked with them ever. It's just never appealed to me. Everybody try to fuck with Alan. I'm I'm oh, yeah. very afraid that I will throw hands and slap kidding. slap some monster. No, <laughs> like, okay, been, so me and Alan are in the same boat this here because I've not either. This Isn't it next week? Might throw some hands. Next week me and Nick okay, are gonna be arrested for is, assaulting workers. This episode is going to be probably aired at the same time that we're bailing out Alan and Nick from assaulting uh, haunted ha- attraction right. workers. And we will be really sorry afterwards. Um, but like, um, also, you can all check out our Deliberations of Doom goes to the um, Austin haunted attractions uh, that we did two years ago where we went to uh, Scream Hollow yeah. and uh, Scream for the Cure yeah. and um, House of Torment yeah. and we did an escape room yeah. and we had an amazing time and I got the shit scared out of me so <laughs> Fuck you, it's your I, turn. I still, I still quote that thing, like, we're going through a thing where she's like, oh, I can't see anything, it's totally No, dark. okay, no, 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 uh, just, just a little sidebar here. So we're, I think it was, was it was it House of Torment? No, no it was Scream it was Hollow. Scream Hollow. Scream Hollow. So I'm, like, I, some person, I am behind Chris, and I think that the person in front of me is Chris, but it was a... a a, a, a actor who came in right in front of me, and I was like, I grabbed onto him, and I was like, "Please be Chris, please be Chris, totally please be Chris." <laughs> and Chris, I hear Chris going, "No, no, you go." I'm so glad I'm holding on to you, Chris, or something like yeah. that. And I go. That's I, not me. I'm, he's like, <laughs> I'm outside, and I was just like, <gasps> and I started screaming, and it was not Chris. <laughs> it was totally not Chris. That it is was in fact on the video. Recording, yeah, it's it's a the, it, our YouTube account yeah, for one of us. That it was like yeah. a seven foot tall demon. I love the fact that we have the audio of that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Barbara Pumpkinhead. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I had to say. Oh, yes. The dog, Gypsy, also was the dog in Gremlins. Aww. Yeah. That makes The dog me... Barney. What a star. And yeah, I love the fact dog. that the little Appalachian kid put him in the trunk so he wouldn't get killed by Pumpkinhead. Yeah. yeah. And Sweet. then also, uh, this was the film debut of Blossom. 
From the television series. <laughs> Mayim uh, Bialik was yeah. in that? What? Yeah. I guess she was one of the kids. I don't know. Whoa. I didn't even recognize her. Yeah, she's in here. Yeah. And a uh, kill count, I got a total of seven. Not and, that high. Including Lance, who is now... like I do love the ending that Lance killed himself to kill Pumpkinhead and is buried as the new Pumpkinhead. I love that idea that like whoever starts the curse becomes the, becomes new. the new. That's a really cool idea. It's fucking cool. See, There's a lot of great ideas in here. It's just the execution is terrible. The execution okay. is pretty um, much perfect. Everyone go watch Pumpkinhead. It's great. Does that kill count include Pumpkinhead? Do I? Oh, that is kill count should include Bill yeah. Pumpkinhead. So I, don't, I don't include Pumpkinhead. Because he's the undead. Yeah, yeah. yeah because Pumpkinhead is like... A ghost kind of thing that comes into yeah. different corpses. So, that that so we're going on here to uh, another modern one, which is, or not modern, Jesus, but 80s, <laughs> 80s. Uh, star, who yet is still very relevant and is having a huge comeback right now, Barbara Cunt. Everyone Clinton, loves Barbara. Who is one of the most lovely people I've ever had the pleasure Tell us to your Barbara story. G- no, I'll tell you when it's relevant inside of the, okay. uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the thing. Don't, don't rush it. Didn't um, want to rush. <laughs> she was a huge horror scream queen icon for my generation in the 80s, being in a lot of movies. I mean, her and, uh, oh God, what's her name from Return of the Living Dead? Uh, Trash and Return of the Living Dead. Oh, Linnea Quigley. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, big, like, oh, these were our scream, scream queens who were in so many movies. But Crampton, specifically, was in the reanimator, or just, I'm sorry, reanimator, there's no the, um, which was a game-changing horror film for me and many, many, many other people. I, I, I still think this is it's easily one of the best horror films of the 80s it's certainly the best hp lovecraft uh like adaptation vaguely adapted yeah. from i think movie. it's the, it's mean, almost the best way you could adapt it's just stuff modern for film, yeah. you know yeah is I, to go nuts with it it's I, just it, it's not strictly speaking based i mean it is kind of but i mean like let's not get carried away it doesn't feel like lovecraft but it was a huge deal when this movie came out and it spawned a a huge, uh, like two sequels, a huge series of imitators of films with the same cast that were had a very similar Lovecraft base to it, like mm-hmm. a From Beyond. I love From Beyond, by the way, yeah. which, is, which is another same director, basically same cast, same director, also based on a Lovecraft idea, same amount of campiness. Reanimator is kind of a masterpiece, and yeah, I totally uh, agree. Oh wow! Okay. I will say it's I, it's it's fun. It's the tr- like I out of all my movies that we did this time I ha- I think those in all of them this only has two notes and it's from the very beginning it's this one the psycho theme remix bangs I love it <laughs> and then the opening credits the opening credits like scene is incredible and then after that it's just blank because I kind of got I realized you just have nothing you don't yeah. have to, you can't turn away from it's it like, it's like what am I supposed to write down over and over it's like this is great this is great I love this scene this is good I love this so like, <laughs> like you know what else am I taking I was just there's so, so many that, great moments taken that opening yeah. theme is uh, is by Richard Band who mm-hmm. is the brother of the distributor of the film Charles Band and often people would credit this sounds all like definitely based on the the original score for Psycho, not that, but the original actual opening <laughs> theme <laughs> score. <laughs> and he was like, "Yes, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely based it's, on." It's that. I looked it up, and I think now it's like literally credited as like a Psycho remix. It's like <laughs> Psycho themed remixed by it's it's. And yet, you know which one I listen to more? 
The remix one? This one. Oh, yeah. I listen to Reanimated. Oh, I like this theme a lot. And I love that the opening credits are based on Vertigo's opening credits. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. so familiar. Uh, yeah. I you think like, it's the uh, second what's best our, What's Psycho our remix? Nixopsis? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. So, you reanimate uh, some people and shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some people got reanimated. You know, some shit happened. There was titties. Titties. So it sounds like uh, if you take H.P. Lovecraft's version of Frankenstein and inject a grisly sense of humor and a lot of gristle, you're about there. Nice. So we've got a horrifying debacle in Zurich where Herbert West, played by Jeffrey Combs, transfers to a New England university to continue his studies. Uh, And then he responds to an ad for roommate and and immediately becomes the worst roommate of all time. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Not good. He's the, just the weirdest guy. And I so, can actually claim I've had a worse roommate than him, but go ahead. I'm, I would love to hear that I'll story. I'll tell sometime. you off, Mike, that story. <laughs> <Right. yeah. laughs> uh, so his roommate's cat goes missing. They find it in Herbert's fridge and he claims he found it dead, but he very clearly did not find it dead. By the way, as it turns out, actually a dead cat. Wow, oh, really? No yep. way. Just actually was a dead cat. Just for the first part, though, because I know it's puppets for... Yeah, yeah, but the one in the fridge is a dead cat. Oh. Yeah. Did they do... Oh, I don't want to know. They didn't kill a cat for it, No, no, they? no, of course not. Okay, yeah. good. All right. Well, that's all right, then. At least you're putting yeah. cat's body to get used. So it's a purpose. It's immortalized. <laughs> right. Uh, so, Dan, the Herbert's roommate, finds... Finds Herbert fighting his reanimated cat down in the basement and sets aside questions to fight this really absurd puppet of a cat that's just like clawing on people's backs and throwing it around. And Herbert proves to Dan that he's mastered death, kind of, in the sense that he can bring things back to life. And to prove it again, he brings this secondly killed cat back to life, much yeah. worse for the world. To show that, like, this thing, which is at that point in. Because its spine is broken in like eighteen places, <laughs> can't move or be a threat. But it's going. Okay, so like, I just want to digress just a bit. This was my favorite scene of the whole entire movie is when they're was. like Monster. fighting this fucking cat. <laughs> I, it was so hysterical. <laughs> like I was cackling, and and Carlos like. I think Carlos was asleep, and he just was like, what are you laughing at? And I'm like, these dudes are trying to kill this fucking dead cat. Over the streets. It's it's very much like a, what is it, the baby fighting scene in Dead Alive. Right, exactly. (laughs) I was just, I was cackling. Los is like, of course you are. (laughs) <laughs> well, you didn't mention the fact that he has a girlfriend played by Barbara Crampton. Barbara right. Crampton, so Barbara Crampton one girlfriend of the first scenes comes down titties. to find. Well, let me just say that one of the first scenes we see with them in bed just kind of being sweetly fucking around, there's a poster behind them for the talking heads. Which is one of my top, <laughs> literally one of my top five movies ever. Stop making sense. Stop making sense. I love that movie so much. And when I saw it, I was like, fuck. Like, this movie couldn't be more... Built for me, <laughs> like made, like holy shit! Because I have that. Famously, the same- actor didn't even know to all the people pointing out to him. He's like on set. He's like didn't even notice, and he read the whole script. He's like, I didn't even notice the poster. Yeah, being I, I, have that exact, that. I have that exact poster. Alan really, really liked this movie. <laughs> I love it. It's one of my so favorite horror movies. Of all so so they fight yeah. the cat, right? So Barbara, played by Barbara Crampton. Right, they share the same first name, I believe. The Are they? Is she playing character in Barbara? Oh, I think she is. This is I wrote Barbara? it down, but I'm Whatever. not sure if I'm right on that. You might have just been like Barbara. 
Megan. Oh, all right. So Megan, Megan Halsey. played by Barbara Crampton, comes down and sees uh, her and Dan's cat reanimated for the second time, much the worse for wear, and obviously is not very pleased about it. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> and so she's kind of pissed. Yeah. Nevertheless, oh, and also we should mention that Megan is uh, the dean's daughter, and yeah. the dean, dean does not Halsey. know that Dan and Megan are dating. And Dan agrees to help Herbert with his research because despite the fact that he's an absolute creep and he reanimated his cat twice, he's, he's on to something. something. Yeah, exactly. He's on to something, and also he needs somebody to pay rent. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he does need a roommate. And things just get weirder from there. So we wind up going to a morgue to find the perfect human corpse. In the process of this, we find out that Herbert's probably done this more than once and maybe with humans before, with maybe mixed success. They find a corpse that's in really good shape, but has been dead for quite a while. He comes back to life with the serum and destroys the place. And destroys, I think, the Dean at this point, right? Yeah, it kills, kills Megan's dad. Yeah, it kills Megan's dad. Well, Dr. Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Dean. That's what I've been calling him the whole time. <laughs> but then they reanimate him right, because he's because fresh. That's obviously the right move at that point. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That seems like the good next. <laughs> Everything has gone as wrong as it possibly can. What could we do to fix this? I love, I love, I love just the wild nature of it. Just be like, oh fuck, this guy died. Shoot him up with the stuff. And like, this guy killed some guys. Shoot those things up. I kind of like agree crazy. with them though. Though, if you're in that situation, well, once you're, you're like, in it, like, you're, like, you're in you it have, to win it. Like, they're going to prosecute us for killing this guy because they're not going to believe this corpse came back to life. Let's get him back to life. We have yeah. one choice here. Yeah. <laughs> one choice. Bring him back to life, but it's probably not going to work out great, but at least they won't prosecute us for murder. <laughs> and it's actually, because you think it'd be so stupid and ridiculous, like, it wouldn't, but his cover-up excuse, after it was done, I was like, man, that was a really good job of lying. It's like, he came down here, he went crazy. He did this to us, like, you know. Like he attacked us. Like, you he know, like, attacked us, and the and dean and the, the dean's acting all crazy because he was re- like, "It's like, oh man, this really worked out for him. It's impressive." Which but, then got, again, but then we got Doctor Hill who yeah. sees through it, played right? by but, David Gale, who is like the true creep, the, the like the absolute the guy Combs, true creep. Well, I'm sorry, Combs is the true creep. <laughs> He's so also, he the has bad. a file on Megan Barbara Crampton's character with like. A, a lock of her hair. Yeah, yeah but he's a stalkery creep. But he, yeah, but, and even before we realize that, like he's just a leering fucking. But he's not weirdo. ready to maybe murder people, and oh boy, is Jeffrey Combs. Okay, character. so yeah. first of all, I just want to say, although the cat killing episode was my, I mean, I love cats, monkey. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love them. Uh, the cat killing part was my favorite. I think when they killed Doctor Hill, that was my favorite kill. When he, when Jeffrey Combs wow. just straight up like decapitates him yeah, with a shovel, shovel. <laughs> it was like amazing. And then, then reanimates both, both parts. parts. He's like, oh, I've never done this before. <laughs> and now you've got a headless corpse carrying his own head in a tray of blood, being directed by his head. I love around. it. I it's love so it fucking so great. <laughs> it leads to so hysterical. Like, uh, no, honestly, was... maybe the only funny rape scene in the history of. Cinema. Oh, yeah. this oh. one. I wouldn't call it funny at all. This one really unsettling. No, it me. is unsettling. But come on, you watch this movie thirty times like I have, and there's a point you're like, it's so it's ridiculous. Kind of funny. It's a headless body taking its head and going down. Was on See, girls trapped to he a was table. about to go down like, there, 
Oh, but, on Pirate Bay. Well, actually, you watched the you watched the rated version. No, I watched. Right? It was unrated. Was the unrated yeah, version? Yeah, it gets I close, but okay. it, it gets interrupted. Because the rated version, they he, definitely pull away. Well, so. he yeah he okay. So maybe that's the one I I saw because he gets. I mean, he goes down, but then he gets right. pulled. But away. that's the intent. Yeah, uh, he's about so, to. Yeah. yeah, which is but like. I think it's I don't I think it's truly unsettling and I think it's supposed to be unsettling. It's the thing this movie goes back and forth between it's like It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre, which is like this that scene would never happen in a million years now. Like and it's a true testament of its time. But like, this is still a horror movie and that is like horrific, but it's in the con this context of it all this comedic funny. slapsticky shit happening is why it would never happen now. Like something like that could never be played the- Within the context of this movie, and that scene, like even like at the time, it's more campy now though, in weird sort of way because it's just so patently absurd so, the whole sequence. But at the time, it was really a big fucking deal. People were upset about oh, it. Oh yeah, I'm, not the I least mean, of which was the actor playing the role of the headless zombie, David nice. Gale, who and this is not like speculative; it's a fact. She divorced him. Because of that scene, Wait, who, who divorced who? Like David Gale, the actor playing the 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 the, the doctor, his that wife, yeah. his wife, his wife saw that and said famously in the screening very loudly, "David, how could you?" and left, so, and like wouldn't even talk to him after right. she was so hard. Yeah, I mean, so I totally she left because there's there's a part here where it's it's obviously slapstick as it's written, it fits in perfectly with all the absurdity of this movie. As it's filmed, though, I can't help but think of Barbara Crampton in one of her first major film roles, laying there completely naked, being yeah. roped like extensively. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. By the way, by Stuart Gordon was the person who did it with her permission. Was yeah. like, who would you? We have to have this scene. Who would you feel most comfortable with? It just, I it mean, it's so definitely excessive. like a lot of boob play that. Yeah. Would, and there's there's like a bunch of other boob real. stuff in the movie that feels like that's you know pretty normal, pretty reasonable stuff. Nothing and, on set was uncomfortable for the actress, for the record. Okay, that's actually something I really wanted to know. She worked with him again, because like right I, after. Yeah, no, I she felt was, like that could be a situation that with, would really from she was very yeah. comfortable with the director and the scenario. Like they were very respectful about the whole thing, and in fact, famously, uh, during the commentary track for this film, when it gets to this sequence, <laughs> everyone there's silence for a moment. And everyone starts going, like, the crowd starts saying, so it's interesting what they're doing with the lighting here. <laughs> no one wants and to talk Robert about Clinton it. And said, lighting? Fuck you, look at those great titties. <laughs> I love her. That actually comforts me a lot, because that's really what so unsettled much. me about it. it, it, it was, it's a about, creepy, it's an uncomfortable scene, it's, especially as a female. Like, I mean, I can handle, I have thick skin, I can handle a lot, and I, but I found it quite funny. I mean, I... It's it's just... The idea of rape and that type of thing with a woman these days is taken way more seriously as it should be. Like, it shouldn't be played for, like, the idea of laughs or even shouldn't be played for just the shock value like it is in so much horror movies. Yeah. But at this time, it wasn't treated as seriously. So we're left now watching it in this weird middle ground of, like, at this time, this is portrayed this way. And obviously, it's all fiction and it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be depraved and fucked up. And you're supposed to kind of laugh at it. Everyone involved is comfortable. 
But still, within the days we're living in now, the context makes you feel yeah, a little well, icky. Yeah, well, that's because Which we're in is, a different time yeah, now. I, I of cool. I, I kind of like the idea I mean, it exists as a uh, moment in time. As a yeah. female, I was more uncomfortable with how they were manhandling her titties. Oh, that's exactly, yeah. Then I, I was, because I didn't actually video. see, I mean... They, she apparently kept laughing during that they scene. Lowered, <laughs> they lowered his head down to where he was just about to like be penetrative, and then they pulled back. And yeah. so I was like... I breathed a sigh of relief, and I was like, okay, this is fine. Uh, Talk about your literal giving head yeah, seat. Aw, oh, <laughs> No, I'm geez. like, you have to go there. there. But that's, that has to be <laughs> true. You know someone in the... In, I mean, that was intentional. Yeah. Like, it's a pun inherent yeah, in the and film. That's why I was He's like, giving head. It's a, it's a, a head. disembodied head <laughs> performing caniculus. Or caniculus. 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 Caligula. Caligula. You are a cunning linguist. You're a cunning linguist. But yeah, I mean, the scene is fucked up, and it's funny, and it's my, effective, okay. and it's weird, and it's bad. It's, it's everything. It's like it's not bad. My, well, no, bad, like as in like maybe in, morally maybe reprehensible, we but also be like laughing about it. I, I, that's I, what's great about it. It's I'm my, like it's out there. I, I come down. I can't remember who said it. I want to say it was Stephen King, but I can't remember. But like the idea of like, is there? An element of things that really happen to people in real life that we say you're not allowed to include in fiction anymore because people get triggered by, that's offensive. Uh, Says the person that wrote Gerald's Game. No, 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 but I kind of agree (laughs) with them on that level. I'm like, you do it where it's not gratuitous, there's a real purpose for it, then I say, no, I'm sorry, I get that maybe you'd be triggered, but everybody's triggered by something. Oh, no, I get I, triggered I, by I, stuff all I get, the time. I get what you're saying completely, and I, I agree. I wasn't raped, but so that's a very different scenario by the stuff that I'm triggered by. But what I'm saying is, like, it's... I want to jump like, in here. Like, I think that if this is a thing that's the film is, to some degree, either about it. There's certainly films that way. Like, are we going to say the accused shouldn't have happened, you know? No, well, like, that's like what I was saying earlier. Like, this type of scene wouldn't exist in this type of film now. Right, right. Because no, the context of the way we talk about this stuff is so different. I wouldn't. Um, it wouldn't agree. It, I, I'm sorry. It wouldn't happen now. But I think that's kind of a shame. Because, see, we're I like, think it's, this is so absurd and over the top that the fact that anyone would watch this and go, like, I find this rape rape almost rape sequence disturbing I'm like really <laughs> I want to back up patience on this one because I totally agree with her stance it's not it's not the headless almost rape thing that all fits in the movie it's the actual physical groping that's happening yeah that that's you know there's a real more. person sitting right. there being groped on film and that actually unsettled me like because that's real exactly. whereas having a headless person in right, front right. of your crotch also, like, is not real. But I guess the same thing, same thing. It's like, you're like, this whole thing is so absurd that it... But it's like, where do you draw the line in film to film? Like, if you look at a movie like Antichrist, where there's like... Oh, <laughs> that movie fucked but, me but up. But there's dude. sex scenes in there that's like very touchy and hands-on. Uh, and there's other movies like that, like, but it's very art and serious. So people are like, yeah, we give that a pass. But in this type of movie... It's fucked it's, up. Yeah, it's, so like it's like where do you draw the line? It feels because like it's, 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 of the it's art versus not art. I well, think. but, but Hampton, like, what's the difference? But Barbara Hampton does not agree. With- yeah, <laughs> and that comforts me quite a bit because yeah. that was my biggest concern. I felt like she might have been taken advantage of in this movie. She does not feel that scene. way at all, and I'm uh, glad to hear and that. She is kind of a goddess, and she's an amazing yeah. person. And if you ever get a chance to meet her, you should go up and tell her how amazing she is because I she is super love awesome. Her. And we've we've had fantastic fest moments with yeah. Barbara Crampton before. And- I, I've hung out, gotten the. I've been fortunate enough to hang out with her on a number of occasions, and she is. 
just a fantastic person. Like you said, a goddess. Yeah, she looks back on her career with nothing but like, I got no regrets. Everything nice. was good. And and God bless her for it. Great I have uh, two points I would like to make with Reanimator. Um, the first one is Jeffrey Combs is creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, he is. I don't know how. I mean, maybe that's how he is in real life, but he <laughs> Only is actor just who's ever played three completely different roles on Star Trek. He's great. He's a great, great actor, but I mean, I was convinced all the whole entire movie. The second one is that. My favorite moment in the whole entire movie was when Dr. Hill has his head in a duffel bag and he's trying to get past security. So he has a fake head on his corpse, (laughs) on his body, on his torso. And they're just, he's just like, oh, doctor. And the the security guard isn't paying attention. He's like reading a porno bag. He's like, Dr. Hill is at you. He's like, yes, and it's like clearly like a fake head on his torso and I was like okay I love this movie yeah. at that moment because up until that point I was like 50-50 and that was that was the moment Wait, that turned me this the first time you saw this? yeah this is the first time I'd seen Reanimator oh my God. yeah I know well, you it's know stupid right wild for me too is like I think this is the first time I've seen it front to back like I, there wasn't a single scene in this movie that I've never seen before yeah. like I recognized it all but I don't I can't remember the last time I like put Reanimator in, watched it like credits to credits. Like, I mean, it was like six full months. movie, but like <laughs> it's weird because like tits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I've seen it, I I recognize all of it, and I know all the iconic stuff from it, and like it's, nothing was unfamiliar. But it was like seeing it all play out like in a three act structure, like full movie, like experience, like paying attention to it. And it was like, man, this might be the first time I've ever actually really watched it. This and is the first. Oh, I'm sorry. Go no, you go. This is the first time I've really watched it. I've owned it for. Jeez, I don't even know how long. Probably six years. It's been sitting in my collection, and I watched it once with like other people, so obviously we're drinking, and I didn't pay attention to it. And I never watched it since then. So this is my first time straight through paying attention. And aside from uh, patience in my complaint, it's a goddamn masterpiece, man. I mean, this it's is just fun. one of the best it's movies of all movie. time. It's so now, good. I don't think I don't think it lives up to its reputation because <laughs> you don't, no, no, no. Why you gotta shit on hear, me? No, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Right. I don't think it lives up to its reputation as being like, oh, it's such a fucking amazing cult classic. Because I think that '80s movies are held at a different standard back then than our current movies are. We we have come a long way when it comes to horror. Oh, wow. So I I think it has is has things about it that makes it a cool classic. Absolutely, only have happened because it was in the yeah. Absolutely, I think it has this nostalgic value that is amazing. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's oh, I mean this like I said, this was my first time watching it for real. I've watched bits and pieces at bars and stuff like that. But um, it was my first time watching it all the way through, like, actually paying attention to it, like, you know, you guys, like Nick said. And uh, I th- I think it's a great movie. It's fun. It's funny. <laughs> uh, it, it's unex. I was, like, laughing out loud, but that's because I'm weird. Uh- <laughs> no, I... <laughs> yeah, I did, too. Here, we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah. I, I've never watched this movie and not cackled. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure it deserves to be, like, as revered 
as I, it is. I think it 100%. I think it should be more revered. I think it should be held up with standards like Psycho. The fact that I meet people who are like, I like Godfather who like, say they've Citizen never seen Kane. this. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's this not, is kind it's of It's not a, the Citizen Kane of horror films, it, y'all. It's not the Citizen Kane, but it might be the Godfather 2 of horror films. No, but no, I mean, I really Godfather appreciate it. As far as like within the horror <laughs> genre, within the horror genre, the way that like movies like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Chainsaw Massacre, Freddy, like those movies are like held up. This should be like right there with them. I, I think it's I, just I as agree. good as those iconic horror I think horror this movies. should be right up there yeah. with the all-time most yeah. iconic. I mean, I don't know this about movie that, is better guys. than the first Friday the Thirteenth easily. Oh, but it's, but it's better it's than good. all the Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It's better than every single Friday the Thirteenth movie. Also, remember, guys, this is an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft, right. who is not that good of a writer and is definitely doom and gloomy. Oh, this is the most bonkers movie. Send of all, all your time. hate mail to at one of us dot net. That's fine. He's a terrible racist. Who gives a shit? He's a racist. He is a racist, but I'm not sure I agree. He's a good writer. He's a he is a good like racist people can be good writers. Both things can be true. He's very florid. He's very like not doing things that modern horror does. I don't think he was was a terrible writer. Can I I just throw out that the director Stuart Gordon also did Honey I Shrunk Your Kids? What What did he? Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Honey I I did both of them. Honey I Shrunk the Kids and Honey I Blew Up the Kids. Somebody no, it's Stuart Gordon. He, wow. he also, yeah, he the the reanimator from Beyond and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Well, look at I'm him a, blowing up. Oh, <laughs> I like the pun. Um, I think this thing thing is a fucking masterpiece. We know that. I love it so. <laughs> you made that much. very very clear. I'm throw out a couple facts. Okay, facts. Yeah. yeah. First Just off, facts, man. Stuart Gordon, when he came up with this, he wanted to do it as a stage play. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, wow. I think that's amazing. Well, they have they wrote it in 12 episodes, on the audience. Right? Well, no, no, no. The stage play. And then someone convinced him to say, we should do a TV show. They wrote 13 episodes okay. of a show uh, that were half-hour shows that then they said... Uh, and then they went, no, 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 you should do it as an hour. So they rewrote them again as hour shows. And then... Uh, he was convinced to do it as a movie instead. Now, there are multiple reanimator sequels, which to some degree involve their plots that come out of that. But I still want to live in a world where that TV series happened in some degree. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't but- know. I want... I wonder if, like, I love the movie as it is. I can't imagine it being drawn out for a full TV series. Like, I, who knows what it will explore if that would have actually happened. Right. But, like... It's so perfect in the restraints that it's a short movie too. If yeah. they wanted to remake it as like a you know a mini series for like Netflix or Shutter, I would not be opposed to that. Or what if there's like a, a prequel in their, series where we found out like I'd yeah, love to see the that stuff that Herbert did before in this, he in got Sweden there. or whatever. Like, I just don't know how you maintain this type of like. I mean, they originally envisioned it thirteen episodes. Yeah, so I, let's let's go back to the basics. Let's see that original script. Well, the first cut of this movie received an X rating, which would surprise mm-hmm. absolutely no one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Arrow <laughs> Films, who is one of our partners we've worked with before, has released the three part version that exists. There's the R rated version, which literally filmed took sequences that were cut. Like that, that uh, Gordon said. Okay, we don't need these. They did whole other plot lines to make up for the X rating, right? So if you watch the film, if you've seen Reanimator and you've seen sequences where um, uh, uh, Herbert West shoots himself up with his own fluid, 
That's the rated R version. Yeah. Oh. There's yeah. whole other plot lines involved. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, the whole thing with, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, David Gale's character hypnotizing people. That's the rated R version, not the unrated version. Yeah. They added scenes back into it to cover, to get, to like, well, they had to the cut running the gore time scenes back up so yeah. to- because the gore scenes were so extensive that they were like, okay, we had to cut huge sequences out, so we're putting these back in. But Arrow has put out a version with the R version, the X version, and what they call the integrated version, which has... Uh, it's the R rated and all the added scenes yeah, and all that added all together. together. So that's the one you want to watch. I I feel like Do you think the integrated stronger. is the best. I've never seen the integrated. I've the, seen the integrated. I think is the best. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I've absolutely. only seen the X rated. I think. So, so should so. I get into the kill list? What I got? Yeah. What do we got? Kill well, let me just say that yeah, it, yeah. this took a special prize. They announced a special prize at the Cannes Film Festival oh. for this movie of all things. They they created <laughs> a prize just to give it to this to go. We don't know what to call this, but it's here the, it is. It's called the Freak Bitch Award. Yeah. It's like for the Freak Bitch this year. Stuart Gordon, get up here, you spooky Freak Bitch. Freak Bitch. <laughs> there, there are two sequels. Give me your head. There are two yeah. sequels to this film. There was a fourth film that was planned that was never made that, depending on who you listen to, was Island of the Reanimator based on Dr. Moreau. Island of Dr. Yeah. Moreau. Or, alternately... House of Reanimator with Herbert West moving into the White House where he reanimates the vice president and that turns into a whole thing, which is referenced because in the comics of which reanimators appeared in regularly, there was a crossover with the very popular comic Hack Slash where he, like, at one point takes a phone call and it's the White House saying, we need you to come here immediately. (laughs) They made a reference to that. (laughs) That's it's amazing. Still blows me away. Um, <laughs> uh, the reanimated corpse, the first reanimated corpse, the one that they first do that freaks out and like kills the dean. That was Peter Kent, who no one knows the name of, but he has been Arnold Schwarzenegger's stunt double for uh, fourteen oh, movies. I recognize his muscles. Yeah, fourteen movies. Research. Yeah, I am reanimated. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, those are my notes. On okay, it. kill count. Kill count. Um, so we got nine total kills. Uh, I can go through them real quick. We have Dr. Gruber, who I put in, um, is the opening kill, but technically given life, is what Herbert West says. <laughs> um, I have given you life! After that, you have Dr. Dean, then you have the corpse bodybuilder, you have Dr. Hill, you have Dr. Hill again, because he's, you know... <laughs> and then, uh, you have Dr. He totally counts as twice. And then you have Dr. Dean again. <laughs> And then you have Herbert West when he's dragged into the nothing of the, you know, deep despair of the corpse of the thing. And then you have the one dead guy who gets his brain squished by your hero. And then you have Barbara Crampton. That was my favorite was the brain squishing one. Oh, that one, that's my kill of the movie. For my reanimations, and there, the are, there are ten reanimations. Um <laughs> That matched up pretty much with the kills that's gone, except for the the, the, cat the, twice. Five, the six corpses that are just like laying oh, there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So you have a nine kills, ten reanimation, so we're plus one on the movie because Crampton comes back to life at the end, and then the cat is killed, reanimated, killed, killed. reanimated, killed. <laughs> there are so much. It's hard to keep track. Uh, yeah, that's Total one of deaths, those movies. Two, killed I don't know. Yeah. There's what so much the speculation <laughs> about the last act of this film. Too with that whole sequence where like 
all the the zombies come back under the control of the main zombie. Like, this is a complicated film to have a timeline or a continuity for. Who gives a fuck? It's so much yeah, fun. Exactly. Like, how can how can his head control his body, first off? Oh. And then, if that can happen, I guess all the rest of this follows. Look, if you're going into this film, like, I'm looking for realism, you're yeah. watching the wrong guy. You just have to pick, movie. like, a handful of rules. And yeah. then, oh, I think they did a good job. Yeah, right? I know. Like, they picked a couple of rules, I mean, and they stuck with them. This is an example of, like, they have a couple things that they stick with, and overall... It's so relentlessly entertaining. <laughs> Unstoppable. I, for one, am happy I finally got to see it. Because, I'm so happy for you. I'm yeah. going to give you a hug. Oh, no. I'm going to give okay. a special special hugs. shout out. Like this, remember from all the creature effects is the effect when he's obviously holding his own head, his corpse is on the head. But when Herbert West comes up behind him to try to get him, and he he holds the head up to look behind him, <laughs> that shot is so okay. Fucking so I cool. just want to make a. I I did read this. Um. So when they were making the movie, the special effects uh designer had a hard time trying to like figure out what to do with the head and the and the body. So every single scene he had to reimagine and so every single scene with the head is different there's a different head there's a different way of them doing the head Mm -hmm. so at some points uh you know the the actor is crouching down into a (laughs) bodysuit holding his own head at some points there's like a fake head at some points it is only a model but it always Um, looks good yeah Yeah, it looks amazing like you never frankly seen i mean i was looking for you know, like differentiation. I was looking for like knowing that going into the movie, and I was like, "Well, I mean, I if I hadn't known that, I would know that there was a different head every single time." It was really good practical effects. So our goal with going into this episode was to do both of the Barbara Cramptons. I don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. But I do want to ask before we finish, Nick. Yeah. You launched into this by saying that you were not as big a fan of this movie, and I have yet to hear you criticize it. Uh, oh no, 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 no! I, I think you missed. I, I saw your face. I think you misunderstood what he said. Oh, was, I'm sorry. I only objected to the the, the, the rape fondling scene. scene. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's I thought the, you said you were not as big. A no, fan no, no. That's the only thing that pulled oh. me out of this. The so rest of it, all, like, I think, is on, like, so I think all I think four of us liked it except for the booby fondling scene. This is essential horror film watching. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, sure. Classic. Like, like top. Absolutely. Way at the top, like stuff you have to watch. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, this is the end of this episode episode of Deliberations of Doom. You know what Doom. you say. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do it. Patience, oh. you're in charge. Um okay. Good. So, so um stay, okay, stay tuned for our next episode where we're gonna finish our Barbara Crampton, which is with Chopping Mall. Or and killbots. Then, and we're gonna our killbots, if you wanna call it <laughs> oh killbots instead. We're just gonna call it and then we're gonna finish up with Vincent Price because that's the way you should. Otherwise, keep screaming. You should keep screaming. <laughs>